If you brought a Bible this morning, I want to invite you to go with me to the Gospel of John, John's Gospel, chapter 10. We're going to read this morning from chapter 10, verse 16, and then we'll read from verse 22 onward, the Gospel of John. It's a hot summer, isn't it? I pray that you are all safe when you're out in the heat. It's going to be 107 on Monday, so watch out for that. And uh, be sure to stay hydrated, all right? This is a message from your friendly neighborhood pastor. John chapter 10 and verse 16. If you don't have a Bible, I invite you to go there on your digital device and uh, read that with us, because these words of Jesus are so important. In fact, uh, if you would, just read with me off of the screen, so we'll all read from the same verse of Scripture. It says, I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the Word of God, which is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. I ask you this morning to anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God, and I ask you as well to anoint the hearing of this congregation, that as they hear the word of God, they might receive it into their hearts as a seed sown into fertile soil. We ask this in Jesus' name, and the church said amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want to speak on these words of Jesus for a few moments, in particular... The phrase that Jesus uses in describing the ability of every believer to hear his voice. When Jesus said, I have other sheep in my fold, he was referring in this moment to the Gentile nations. He was speaking at that time to a Jewish audience and he was saying to them, I have other sheep. I have others who will become a part of my flock and they too will hear my voice. He was demonstrating or, or stating the fact that every person who comes to Christ, whether Jew or Gentile, would have the ability to respond to God and to hear the voice of God. And I want to bring before you this morning the great importance of hearing and obeying the voice of God. Every believer in the house of God this morning, without exception, has the ability to hear the voice of God. If you are a child of God, you can hear God's voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And so if you are a part of his family, you're a part of the flock of God, then you have access to the voice of God. You have access to the leading and guiding of the Spirit of God. God is a communicator, and God spoke the world into existence by his word. It was the voice of God that created the universe. It was the voice of God that created the planet Earth and the voice of God that made all the things that we enjoy in this existence in human life. It is the voice of God that was able to uh, transform your heart on the day that you, you heard the message preached and Jesus uh, was available to you and real to you and you responded to the calling of the Spirit of God as he said, Come. And you came to Christ because you heard the voice of the Savior. 
And it's important for every believer to hear the voice of God, to listen for the voice of God, because the fact is that you cannot have a relationship with someone that you do not talk to, with someone that you do not communicate with. It's very difficult to have a strong friendship with people that you don't talk to. And it is difficult to have a marriage or a family relationship that doesn't include communication. And so it is with God that we all need to have a communication with God and that you and I not only speak to God, but we also hear God as he responds to us. So first of all, I want to bring two truths before you, and that is this. Number one, God speaks. Say that with me. God speaks. Our God speaks to us. He is not trying to hide from you. He is not trying to be uh, difficult or ambiguous. He is not trying to be a, a, a God who is complex, but he wants you to know him. He wants you to hear him. He, he is speaking all the time, I believe. And, and if you will just listen for the voice of God, you will hear God speak. Now by that I don't mean that you will hear God audibly necessarily. I, I doubt that you will ever hear the audible voice of God the way Sam, uh, Samuel heard it on, in, the, in the tabernacle, at least not very frequently. But you will hear the voice of God that comes to your heart. And that voice often comes as a thought. A thought that interrupts the normal pattern of your thinking. A thought that comes from the uh, scriptures or a thought that reflects the character of God. And when you meditate on that thought, you realize, you know what, this came from the Lord. I didn't come up with this myself. I didn't tell myself to give an offering or to go witness to someone. This thought, this impression came from God. The second truth I want you to know is that every believer can hear the voice of God. And I want you to say this with me. I can hear the voice of God. Every believer now can hear the voice of God. That is your divine birthright as a child of God. So the question is how then does God speak and why does God speak? First of all, we see that God speaks through the conscience in the heart of man. Because the Bible says that he has written his law upon our heart. So when the conscience of man says that's not right. You've got to fix that. That's God speaking to the heart of man. God also speaks through his word. When you read your Bible, you are reading the word of God, and that word is going to be able to speak life into your life at that very moment. So when you come to read the scriptures, I encourage you when you're sitting there at your dinner table and the kids are already asleep or the, uh, the, uh, the, the TV is turned off and you've, uh, you've turned off the cell, cell phone that you get before God and you say, Lord, let your word speak to me today. I need to hear your voice. I need to hear what you would say to my heart. Then we see that, the, that God speaks through our circumstances. Sometimes God speaks through the way that he allows things to happen or not happen in our life. And our circumstances may be a way that God is speaking to us to tell us, this is what I want you to do. Maybe you are often being turned down for a particular position. And through that, God is saying, just wait. I have the right time. I have the right way that I want you to work. I hope you won't be like the woman that said, Lord, if it's your will for me to go shopping today, there's going to be a parking lot right near the front door. And then at the 17th time she went around the parking lot, there it was, the parking spot right by the front door. And she said, it must be God's will. All right, so I don't want you to think about it like that, but God does speak 
through our circumstances, and he speaks to our life in ways that can be clear and understood. Another factor is that God speaks progressively. God rarely tells us everything he's going to do at, at one time. All of our lives are led day by day but by what God is saying to us and how God is leading us. And if God told us everything he was going to do in our life for the next 40 or 50 or 60 years, we might get ahead of him and try to do things on our own. But instead, he gives us progressively the next step that he wants you to take. It's like the headlights in your car when you're driving at night. The headlights can only show you so many yards ahead of you. And beyond that is darkness. And so God only gives you enough light for you to take the next step. And as you take that step, he'll give you more light so you can take the next step. And every step after that, it, it increases our dependence upon God. And so he speaks to us progressively. Also, God speaks through us through prayer. He speaks to us when we come to the altar to seek his face. Or when we make a family altar, we find a place to kneel in our home and we seek God and we ask him to visit us and to speak to us. Oh, how often in my own life I have been moved by the spirit of God and the voice of God in prayer as I speak to the Lord and I know that he hears me and he answers me. He wants to do that in your life as well. Sometimes God speaks through impressions. There are times that God will put an impression upon your heart. It says, you know what, you need to call your mother. Or maybe an impression that says, you need to call uh, your son who's in college or your daughter. Or maybe an impression that says, give $20 to that Bethel student over there. And that impression is not coming from you, it's coming from God. And when he, and when he gives you that impression, he's speaking to you. Sometimes um, it seems like the ladies have a better, a better ability to discern this than men. But many times, guys, your wife might tell you, you know what, I just don't have a good feeling about that guy. Or I don't have a good feeling about that, about that deal you're about to make. And you better listen to that impression because God is speaking to you through your wife. You say, no, pastor, I don't believe God will speak through my wife. Yes, he will. And when you listen to God and you do what God is, is impressing upon your heart, you'll find that God brings blessing into your life. Sometimes God speaks to you through the lives of other people. He might speak to you through my life or the life of an elder. But just as easily, he might speak to you through the lives of your children or the lives of your, of your uh, uh, neighbors or your other Christian friends. I know there have been times when I have been surprised by how God has spoken to me. Where I'll be dealing with a, a situation or a matter in my life and needing to find direction and saying, Lord, what do I do about the church? Or what do I do about this family need or this family matter? Or what do I do about the seminary? And as I'm going through the day, I'll speak to a, 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 a child sometimes here at church. And that child will say something or a teenager will say something. And that will be exactly the answer that I know God is saying. That's what I want you to do about this situation. And I realize that God speaks through other people, so that it's not just me that can hear from God, but all of us can hear from God. And if you will, if you will make decisions uh, by going and seeking the wisdom of God, especially the wisdom of other Christians, I, I promise you, you'll make better decisions. I, I can guarantee, just about guarantee, that every bad decision we've ever made was made without seeking godly counsel and godly wisdom. But see, when you need to make a big decision, 
Go and talk to one of the elders of the church. Go speak to one of the, uh, one of the ministry leaders. Go and talk to somebody that you know is in relationship with God. Listen, if you're trying to get out of debt, don't go talk to other people who are trying to get out of debt. Go talk to somebody who knows what to do and how to do it. Go, go and speak to someone who's seen their children saved. If you need to see your husband saved, go talk to somebody that has seen their husband saved and say, look, you, you obviously know how to hear from God. I want you to know, does this sound right? Does this plan that I have sound like it's coming from God? And the wise counsel of other believers will, will help you and guide you in the direction that you need to go. Finally, and this is what I really want to emphasize today, is that God wants to speak to you by His Holy Spirit. He wants you to hear His voice. He wants not only for you to be able to hear Him speaking to you through the sermon or through uh, the, the uh, friends that you have that are Christians, but He also wants you to hear Him personally and directly. And I promise you this, if you will seek the voice of God, and if you will listen to the voice of God, you'll hear Him more clearly as your life goes on. And I just want to ask the saints who are here who've been walking with the Lord for a little while, isn't it true that the more you listen to God, the clearer His voice becomes? Listen, when you've been walking with the Lord for a while, it becomes clear to you that you've heard from God. And then you don't have to wonder, did I hear from the Lord or not? You know that you've heard from the Lord. So I want to share with you a few things this morning as I teach for a little bit about hearing the voice of God. And if you want to and can, take some notes, please, because these are important facts for every one of us to, to have in our hearts. First of all, I want you to understand why God speaks. Why does God speak to us? Well, uh, the reason he speaks to us is because he's in love with us. Say amen, somebody. God loves you. I don't know if you realize that or not, but God loves you. He is absolutely head over heels in love with humanity. He is so in love with you that he wants you to know him and he wants you to walk in communion with him and he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. When I hear the voice of God, I feel the love of God because I sense the fact that my Father loves me, that my Father cares for me, and that His voice reassures me. God speaks to us in order to instruct us. He speaks to us in order to direct the affairs of our life and the decisions that we are about to make. God speaks to us in order to correct us sometimes. And aren't you glad about that? Aren't you glad God doesn't just let you go down the wrong way, but rather he corrects you. He says, hey, I don't, I don't want you going that way. I need you to fix this situation in your life. God speaks in order to protect us. He tells us, look, you need to put gas in the car. You need to make sure the tires are checked. You make sure there's an oil change. And then when you're out on the road and you have car trouble and you say, oh, something told me. No, something didn't tell you. God told you. God was telling you. He said, Preacher, really? Does God care about those little things? Yeah, God cares when you're stuck in the heat in 107 degrees in Texas. All right? God cares, and he wants to protect you, and so he'll guide you, and he'll direct you by speaking and by uh, 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 impressing your heart with those things. God's voice comes to comfort us. It comes as a voice of assurance when we are in a moment of peril or of danger. He comes to comfort our heart and to reassure us that he is with us, that he is in control. 
And the voice of God has been so comforting in my life at many moments of my life where I have experienced the, the, the voice of God to bring comfort in moments of anxiety or fear. I remember one time in college when I had a significant uh, bill to pay for my tuition. And the voice of God came so subtly. And, and uh, as I was anxious and I was tossing and turning in the bed, the Lord said to me, He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. And that word comforted my heart so that I fell right to sleep. And the next morning, the bill was paid miraculously. I don't have the time to go into how, but it was miraculously paid because God's voice not only comforted my heart, but it also solved the problem. Say amen, somebody. God can do extraordinary things on your behalf. And then God speaks for communion. He speaks so that we can have a relationship with Him. He wants you to walk with Him and to know Him and to talk to Him. He wants you to hear His voice. He wants you to relate to Him. I remember a, a coach of mine in college, you say, Pastor, you had a coach? Yes, don't, uh, don't undercut me so bad, all right? I did have a coach. He, was, uh, he said one day he went into the, um, into the restroom at, a, at the mall, and he accidentally went into the ladies' room, and uh, he didn't realize it, except that he said while he was there, he cleared his throat. <clears throat> and when he did that, his wife said, Richard, what are you doing in the women's room? And I thought, oh, my goodness, just by clearing his throat, she knew he was in there. And, and isn't that amazing how you can get to know somebody by just the sounds they make, by just their grunts and their growls? You know, God wants you to know him just like that. He wants you to know his voice and to say, God has spoken. My circumstances are going haywire, but God has spoken. There may be a storm in my life, but God has spoken, and his voice brings peace and it brings communion. It brings us into sweet fellowship and dialogue with the almighty God. Now, the Bible tells us this in, in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 9. It says that Solomon prayed this prayer. He said, give your servant a listening heart to judge your people and to discern between good and evil for who is able to judge this great people of yours. Now listen to what Solomon says there. Solomon says, give me a listening heart. Now when you took uh, biology in college or in high school, you might remember uh, that you studied about the human body. The heart does not have uh, an ear, right? Is that right? Why does Solomon say, give me a listening heart? Because Solomon is not saying that we hear the voice of God with our physical ear. He's saying that we hear the voice of God with our spirit. Our inner man is what communes with God. Our inner man is what has relationship with God. Listen, friends, someday this outer body is going to decay. And, and uh, uh, short of the rapture, this, this body is going to come to an end. But your spirit, your inner man, is going to live forever in the presence of God. And God doesn't want you to wait until heaven to get to know him. He wants you to get to know him today. And so Solomon says, Lord, give me a heart that can hear your voice. I want to have a listening heart. How do I get a listening heart, Pastor? How do I have a heart that can hear the voice of God? How do I tune my spiritual ear to hear what God is saying. 
Well, first of all, you need to cultivate that listening heart by removing whatever might block the voice of God from your life. Do you know that there are some things that can block God's voice from your life? One of those things is pride. Pride will always hinder you from being able to hear the voice of God. And not because God can't break through and, and that God can't be heard, but rather because your pride turns you away from God. Pride makes us say, you know what, I've got it, God. I've got this situation under control. I don't need any information from you right now. And pride shuts our ear to the voice of God. On the other hand, humility draws us to the voice of God. Because the Father said in the book of Isaiah, He said that the proud He will look from a distance, but the humble He will draw near to them and dwell with them. So you can, if you want to hear God's voice, the first way you cultivate that is by cultivating humility in your heart toward God. And you say, Lord, I can't do this on my own. I need your help. I need wisdom. I've made a mess of things. I really have messed up. I need you to show me the way clear and the way out. Another thing that blocks the voice of God from our life is fear. Fear will always hinder us from being able to hear what God wants to say to our life. Fear causes us again to turn away from God. And many times people think that the opposite of fear is courage. But really the opposite of fear is faith. When you and I come before God, we have to come before Him in faith. Not confiding or uh, uh, trusting in ourselves or in circumstances which will uh, ultimately lead us to fear. Because we don't have the strength to deal with the day-to-day -day issues of life. And we don't have the strength to deal with major concerns that come into our homes sometimes. But when we come before God, we come in faith. We say, Lord, I trust you. I believe you. I have confidence in you. I know that one way or the other, you're going to work things out for my good. And you're going to make this a blessing and not a curse in my life. And on that day, when even the worst of news comes to your heart, that fear can be replaced by faith and confidence in God. Because it is impossible to please God apart from faith. And yet when you walk in faith, you walk in the pleasure of God and the favor of God follows your life. Say amen, somebody. Now, another thing that can block your, your hearing God's voice is bitterness. Bitterness will be a hindrance to the voice of God. Now, there's a couple ways we know about this. One of them is that the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. It says, because if you do that, you will make a door or give way or an advantage to the devil. Listen, God wants you to hear his voice. And when you keep yesterday's grudges alive today, you're blocking the voice of God and you're giving the enemy an opportunity to come in and speak into your life. Listen, there are a lot of people I will allow to speak into my life, but the devil is not one of them, all right? I do not want his advice. I do not want his counsel. I don't even want his suggestions. I want to hear the voice of God. And so if you want to hear the voice of God, you have to shut out the voice of the enemy. How do I do that? By forgiving those who have uh, harmed you or who have uh, offended you in some way. And you do that every single day. Pastor, you know, it's a lot, it just tastes better when you hold a grudge for a long time. No, it doesn't. It's poison to your soul and it's bitterness. 
Now, there's another uh, verse in the scripture that implies this, and it is the apostle Peter. He says that husbands should live with their wives in an understanding way. He says, because ultimately, if you don't treat your wife right, God will not hear your prayers. Uh-oh, say uh-oh, somebody. You realize what God is saying here? God is saying, look, if you harbor grudges between your marriage, if you harbor grudges with your family, if you harbor grudges with your neighbor, you can't hear my voice and I can't hear your prayers. So you have to settle these things with God. And every day if somebody offends you, forgive and move on. So that the next day you start a new day and a new page so that God can speak to your life. I promise you that grudge is not worth the blessing of God over your life. Let it go. Forgive and let God do the healing work that only he can do. Somebody give God praise for that grace that he has given to us. Now the other factor here is not only do we need to cultivate a listening heart, but we need to make time to hear the voice of God. You need to make time to be with God. We live in a fast-paced world. Everything is constantly moving. And I don't know how you parents do it who have teenagers, especially seniors in high school. Oh, my goodness. They get so many activities in their life that you wonder where they find all the time. And mom and dad are the chauffeur, and they take them up and downtown and, and a little league, and then they go to baseball, and then they go to basketball, and then they go into um, uh, all these different activities, and in that circle of life, you have to say, wait a minute, I have to make time for God. I have to make time to hear the voice of God. Psalm 62, verse 1, the psalmist said, he said, I will incline my ear to hear your voice. Uh, he says, I will do so quietly. He brings himself to a place of quiet before God. How many of you have trouble with quiet? See, you're getting nervous right now just with me being quiet. You see, sometimes we, we don't like the quiet, but God does. When God speaks, he speaks when you're listening to him. It's very hard to hear the voice of God when you're listening to the television and the radio and your phone and you're trying to multitask all these different communications. God says, look, I, wanna, I want your full and undivided attention. I want you to talk to me, and I want you to listen to me in particular. So that means two things. You have to slow down. Say, slow down. Find some time for God. The other thing it means is you have to be quiet. Slow down and be quiet. That's good advice if you want to hear from God. Pastor, I don't have much quiet time in my life. Make some. If you don't have quiet time with God in your life, you will not have peace in your life. There will be everything else demanding your time and your attention. You need to give time to God. So that means doing it in the morning. Do it in the morning. Whatever works for you, but make sure it's regular and a consistent devotion to spending time with God. Open your Bible. Have a blank sheet of paper and a pen. And as you read the word, tell God to speak to you. And God will speak to you. He will reveal his will to you. And as he does that, write those things down. And, and commit the word of God to memory in your heart. And, and let those things that God has impressed upon your mind be written down so that you can go back and see the fulfillment of God's promises over your life in your, and in your life. The next thing we need to do in order to hear the voice of God is after we've gotten quiet before God, then we need to go ahead and pull out those things that are hindering us from being able to do the will of God. There are three things right there that can be a hindrance to you hearing the voice of God. The first thing is worry. 
When you and I worry about things, we're not trusting God. And the Bible said that it was worry that chokes out the word in that seed of the word that is planted. So when worry is afflicting your life, the first thing you need to do is give that to God. Are you worried about something this morning? Give it to God. God did not make you to carry worry and anxiety and fear. He made you to give it to him. He says, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. That's God's assurance today. Not only can he handle your problem, but he wants your problem to be in his hands. He wants you to give him those things that you're worrying about. Another thing there is riches. Jesus said that many times the word could not enter in because of worry and the deceitfulness of riches. The desire to go after material things has hindered many people from hearing the voice of God. Here's what I pray. I pray that this week when you come to the crossroads of life and you stand on the one end on the path that leads to, toward relationship with God and on the other end you, lead, you see the path that leads toward material gain that you will say material gain sounds good but God sounds infinitely better and that you will walk in the direction of God and hear His voice and be led by His Spirit. Why? Because if you follow after God, here's what he says. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all of these other things will be added unto you. God will bless you. God will keep you. God will provide for you. But put him first. Make him the first priority of your life. And as you do that, he'll teach you how to prosper. He'll teach you how to walk in, in success. He'll teach you how to walk in his will and to carry out his plan for your life. Now finally, I want to share with you that when you listen to the voice of God, it is imperative that you and I come before God, as I have said, with humility, and that we now obey the voice of God. What good is it to hear God's voice and not obey it? It is the essential part of the equation that when we hear the voice of God, we have a disposition toward God that says, God, whatever you say, I'm going to do. And listen, I have discovered that the more I obey, the more he speaks. The more I obey, the more he directs my life. If you want him to speak to you, prepare your heart in advance to obey. I believe a lot of the reasons why people do not pray and they do not ask God for wisdom is because they already know what God's will is and they don't want to do it. And they'd rather not know, not ask God about it, than do it. But not so with you. I know that you want to do the will of God. I know that you want to walk and please God. And so if you do, then ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do? And obey the word of God. If there's something in your life today that God is calling you to do, and you've been delaying and delaying and delaying, delaying your obedience is disobedience to God. Obey him today. Honor him today. Say yes to him today. And watch him do extraordinary things in your life. Now, I need to close with this. I want to give you a little test to know whether you have heard the voice of God. All right, how do you know that you've heard from God? It's very important that you, that you know how to discern whether you've heard the voice of God or the voice of the enemy or the voice of a stranger or, or the voice of your own heart, your own conscience, or maybe your own will. The first thing you need to understand is this. Does what I have heard agree with the Bible. Have I heard something that is in agreement with the word of God? Listen, God will never speak contrary to his word. Say amen, somebody. 
Listen, I, I heard about a woman that once went to a pastor. Not this pastor. Went to another pastor. She said, Pastor, God told me for you to leave your wife and marry me. Could that be the voice of God? No way, Jose. That is a lie from hell itself. God does not speak contrary to his word. I heard other people say, Pastor, the Lord told me just to stay at home and stop going to church and just worship him at home. And, and I know God didn't say that because in the Bible he says, Do not forsake the assembling together of the brethren, especially as you see the day approaching when Jesus is going to come back. So they have heard a voice, but it's not the voice of God. Every time God speaks, God sounds like his word. That doesn't mean that he sounds like the King James Bible. It doesn't use these and thous and a whole bunch of superlatives. No, in fact, it means that God speaks concerning what he's already revealed in the scriptures. And what he has revealed in the scripture will come to you by the voice of the spirit in your heart. The second thing we see there is that as you test whether you've heard from God, you need to ask, does this agree with the character of God? Would God do this? Would God say this? Is this something that maybe is not an exact Bible verse, but does it relate to what the scriptures have said about God and about his character, about his purity, his holiness, his righteousness, his justice, and his judgment? Then we test the fruit of it. What will happen if I obey this voice? What's going to happen in my life if I do this thing I'm hearing? Is it going to bear good fruit or bad fruit? God's word always bears good fruit. Say amen, somebody. Absolute, absolutely, every time, God's word bears God fruit. When you, do the voice of, when you obey the voice of God, you do the will of God, you will see God fruit in your life. And so if it's the voice of God, it's going to bear good fruit. If it's the voice of the stranger, you're going to bear bad fruit. So listen for that, uh, for that and understand, is this going to lead me to godliness? Or is this going to lead me away from God? Is this going to produce love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, goodness, and self-control in my life? Is this going to produce humility in my life? Or is it going to lead me to pride? And if it does anything contrary to the fruit of the Spirit, you can know it is not the voice of God. Next thing you need to do is you need to see that God always speaks to you concerning your area of responsibility. Listen, God will speak to you about what matters to you, about what is your concern. God is not going to speak to you about something that is outside of your control. Or in other words, he's not going to speak to you about an area that you don't have authority over. That means he's not going to come to a member of the church and say, this is what the pastor needs to do. If God wants to speak to the pastor and the elders, he'll speak to the pastor and the elders. He's not going to tell the body what to do. And the same way he's not going to tell your children to tell you what to do. Say amen, somebody. So God's going to speak to you about the area of your responsibility. And he's going to give you wisdom and guidance about that. And wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree that our area of responsibility is already enough? We don't need everybody else's responsibilities to. If we just do what God is leading us to do in our area of responsibility, we will see the blessing of God. The next thing I want you to see there is that you can test the voice of God 
by the advice of mature believers. I've already stated this a moment ago, but I want you to put that as part of your test. Do other mature believers confirm that this could really be God that is speaking to me? And if they don't, that doesn't mean it's not God. That just means you need to go back and pray some more and pray it through and make sure that it is what God is leading you to do. And finally, does it produce peace in my life? Does it produce peace in my heart? If God has spoken, his voice will bring peace to your life. Sometimes God tells you to do something that's absolutely contrary to the whole current of the culture. And yet you have absolute peace in knowing this is the will of God. I'm doing what God has called me to do. I'm doing what God has, uh, has uh, empowered me to do. And sometimes the will of God or the voice of God in your life seems to contradict what you would do in the natural. It contradicts what you would, what you would do in your, own, in your own advice, in your own wisdom. And God says, I don't want you to do what you want. I want you to do what I want. Because what I want will bring peace to your life. The voice of God is able this morning to bring peace to every storm that you have in your life. You know that Jesus spoke to a storm? He spoke to it. And he said, peace. And that storm became calm. The waves settled down and the, the wind stopped because of the voice of God. Isn't it worth it this morning to say, Lord, speak to me. I need to hear your voice. I've got to hear what you're saying to me. And this morning I want to challenge you. If there's anyone in here that would say, preacher, I need to hear from God. I've got to hear from God. I've got to know what God is saying to my life. I challenge you to make time every single day to hear what God is saying to your life and to obey him, to listen to him. Would you just bow your heads with me right where you are? Father, we are so blessed by the thought that we can hear your voice. I've said it so many times in this sermon the voice of God, the voice of God, the voice of God. But it is amazing to think that we, the creature, could hear the voice of our creator. And this morning I pray that you would, by the power of the Spirit, remove any blockage or hindrance to being able to hear your voice and being able to obey you. I pray where there is bitterness and resentment and offense, the forgiveness and grace would, would come. I pray, God, where there is pride, the humility would take its place. Father, I pray where there is a heart that has been wounded and hardened, that the voice of the Spirit would come and soften that hardness, that we might have a tenderness toward you. It's our prayer this morning, O oh God, to be obedient to you to be found pleasing in your sight. Grant, O oh God, that we might be a listening church. Give us a listening heart that we might obey your voice, that we might hear what you would say to us. We ask these things in Jesus' name and for the glory of God. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to ask the prayer team to come and uh, the elders and I want you to come into this altar this morning. If there's a need in your life, and you say, Pastor, I want to agree with someone in prayer this morning, I want you to come. 
Or maybe this morning you just say, Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want to be led by your spirit. I want to do what you want me to do. You would say, God, I'm tired of being led by my emotions and by my circumstances. I want to be led by your voice. Would you just come into this altar this morning? Seek the Lord. Seek him while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let God address the issues in your life. Let God address the need of your heart this morning. For he alone can do that. As we worship you, would you come? Praise the Lord.